Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast from the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture. I'm Dr. Brady Brewer, and I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Agricultural Economics. And joining me today are members of Purdue's farm transition team, Dr. Maria Marshall, who is the director of the Purdue Institute for Family Business, and Renee Wyatt, who's a farm business management specialist here in the Department of Agricultural Economics. Today's podcast, we are doing another um, in the series of, of farm succession planning, and the topic is going to be on contingency planning. Before we jump into the topic of contingency planning, I just want to uh, remind those listeners that uh, for more information on the topic of farm succession planning, you can go to the Purdue Institute for Family Business webpage, which is at uh, purdue.edu slash agecon slash fambiz. And you can also go to the Purdue Institute uh, for Family Business YouTube. So just go to YouTube and search for Purdue Institute for Family Business, where they have a video series on these topics as well. Uh, so now getting into the topic of contingency planning, what do we actually mean when we say a contingency plan? Well, contingency planning just means that you are planning for a contingency, really, but that you are trying to think of what are some of the things that could go wrong and what would you do if it did? Um, and sometimes it could go wrong or contingency also could be something that goes really right. So if you were a growing business, having tons of sales seems great until you don't have the cash flow to actually make the product. Right, so a contingency be what are what is what happens if something goes super great? What would I do? And what would happen if something goes super wrong? What would I do? Yeah, and you know, I'll I'll, I'll take uh, you know I'll, I'll speak for myself here. I won't throw uh, anyone else out there, but you know, things go wrong a lot. So how to uh, walk me through this when you're thinking about? Uh, so you mentioned that the cash flow issues. Uh, this seems like a pretty daunting task because there's a lot that can go wrong within a business. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, you want to, so there are little things that can go wrong. Those are day-to-day -day things that happen to everybody. Um, and then there are some big things. So I think you're usually what you want to think is what are some high impact things that could happen? So for example, a, the founder or the, let's say in succession planning, the incumbent passed away unexpectedly. So that's, that would be a content, that would be something that goes super wrong because it's not a, an expected transition then. That would be an unexpected timing of the transition. Um, for example, a lot of what made me think of this uh, several years back was we were, uh, we were going into Iraq and there were uh, a farmer was, uh, there was a farm, there was a farm and it was uh, let's say the incumbent and the next generation were there. Well, the incumbent passed away, but then the second gen, that generation that would have taken over when the incumbent passed away was actually deployed in Iraq. And so that farm was basically left with um, having to rely a lot on neighbors to try to do that, but that was completely unexpected. Yet if somebody's in the National Guard, you have to think that they might be deployed in, in times that are not really convenient. Right, and so I mean that's just kind of a domino of like all the things that can go wrong, and unfortunately sometimes it snowballs where 
something goes wrong and two or three things, right? We say the rule of three, <laughs> it's like three wrong things will happen at the same time. So if we know, okay, these are, this is the most horrible event, what do we plan? And then this is kind of like, maybe, maybe this may happen or not. Uh, and then how would we plan? But start with the things that are high impact that may happen that, you know, maybe the probability is low, but the impact is so profound that you really need to think that through. Yeah, so I, I really liked your analogy of the, the snowball example, because I, to me, it seems like, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, is that, you know, we can't plan for all the thousand of different events that could happen uh, for a business. I mean, take COVID-19, for, for example. Uh, no business has had a worldwide pandemic on their radar for 2020, yet it happened. Um, but my guess is that a lot of companies probably had contingency plans in place for supply shortages or, or stuff that probably helped them get through the, the pandemic and, and still remain vi a viable business at the end. So it's, it's really keeping it from going from one thing to that two or three things that you talked about. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's right. And the thing is that a lot of universities actually did have a pandemic plan of some sort because of SARS and Ebola. And so we've had pandemics, it's just never reached this type of really global portion where it's like, we would call these, these are like catastrophic events, right? Where sometimes even the most elaborate plans um, can't really make it right, right away. So it, it's, uh, you've really built the need here for contingency plans. Um, so what is in a contingency plan? So if, if someone is sitting down and saying, okay, I want to plan for the unexpected, what is, what's in the plan that they need to think about? Yeah, so when you when you have a contingency plan, you want to start with your executive summary, which kind of gives you an intro into who's involved in the plan, what you're going to talk about, and things like that. You have risk management assessment goal, risk management goals. So um, when you look at when you look at your business, every single business is different. But when you look at yours, you say, okay, what what things do we need to mitigate? What things do we need to look at? What things are really risky to us? And what can we do to reduce those, avoid those? Are we gonna retain that risk? What are we gonna do with that risk? Um, the next part is the risk assessment. So that's where you look at these probabilities of events happening and look at the consequence as well. So if something is very low consequence and very low probability, so say um, on a farm, say a combine breaks down, you know, the consequence of that is, is fairly low and the probability is fairly high. You can look at these different things and say, okay, how big of an impact will this have on my business? And you know, what can we do um, to manage that? We're gonna do the um, business impact analysis, which is where you actually dive in and say, okay, what, are, what would that do to our business? And then we look at risk management strategies. So that's what I talked about before. You know, do we reduce this? Do we retain this? Do we avoid this risk altogether? What do we do? And then plan maintenance. So you need to make sure that you're continually looking at your plan and updating it, at least on an annual basis, because businesses change so quickly and things can become outdated. You can have different people in and out of the business. Um, so it's good to update those all the time. Now, Renee, I wanna go back to this risk assessment you mentioned, um, which was the third item uh, that, that's a part of the contingency plan. So you mentioned the, the consequence versus the probability. Uh, should a person only focus on the high consequence, high probability 
events, uh, only focus on high consequence. Uh, in the paper that you guys have on the Purdue Institute for Family Business, the, it forms a matrix, right? Where you can look at the quadrant that a particular uh, event may fall into, whether it be low probability, high consequence, low probability, low consequence, and, and so on. Is there, is there one of those that they should be focusing on? I mean, I think the biggest things to tackle would be those of high, high consequence, whether those are low or high probability. Um, but I think it's good to look at all of the all of the things that could happen to the business, but obviously start with the things that have the highest consequence that it could really slow down your business or hurt your business, um, whether the probability is low or high. So, um, as I said, I think you guys have made me want to go uh, make a contingency plan already, uh, but how does this relate back to the topic of farm succession planning? Uh, does this do... Uh, lenders like this more, or is this just a, a good idea to make a smooth transition? Yeah, and so one of the things is that it, it fits it's in succession because uh, if you don't have a succession plan and a way to bring in the next generation that you've thought of already, right, the succession plan, then you're really relying on a contingency plan, which is somebody passes away and then the transition begins, where really that's where you've thought through, well, when this person passes away, these things happen. And it's not necessarily, we've already, there's already somebody that's, you've transitioned it outside of, um, you know, retirement, right? That you're actually exiting in a smooth way, which is what a succession plan implies, is that you've decided you're bringing in the next generation, you're working together, there's professional development, the incumbent smoothly goes into their holiday in Fiji, right? <laughs> or whatever that is. But uh, where the contingency plan is, if things don't go well in your succession plan, say the incumbent passes away, or goodness sakes, uh, the successor could pass away or could have a divorce and they're no longer then the pay, you know, the, maybe the next couple is not interested in farming or, you know, a pandemic happens and the next generation says, you know what, uh, I'm gonna say peace out. I'm not gonna work, you know, 50 hours a day. I'm gonna, you know, there's a lot of people rethinking the way that they wanna live. And so a lot of things can happen. I'm not that you might necessarily have that in a contingency plan, but those are the things that, that that kind of implies right where things have gone wrong maybe in your succession plan and you have and then your contingency plan kind of kicks in yeah and that that kind of kickstarts that smooth transition that you talked about because you already know what's going to happen someone passes away okay this is who takes over here's the the roles that everyone assumes and even before the legal you know uh several of our previous episodes we've talked about the legal aspect of farm succession planning but it can get, get kicked in but maybe before ownership actually transfers um and to keep the to keep the business running so i want to go a little bit back to this rare event um issue because you know we brought up the covid 19 pandemic what are, uh, you know, and, and Maria, you talked a little bit about, you know, universities, we've already gone through SARS. So we had actually maybe had some uh, pre-planning for a pandemic of, of this type, but what about for these ultra rare events? Like if, if you're looking at the matrix and it's a high consequence, but very low probability of, of something happen, um, is it worth it to spend time to think about those, uh, what your action plan would be in, in the case of an event like that? Um, what about for the unplannable events? What, 
how can a contingency plan help there? So a lot of times we think of a natural disaster as kind of those low probabilities, right? The probability that you, your farm is gonna get hit by a tornado. It's probably a low probability, but a high consequence. And you've probably decided that you're going to, um, that you're gonna get insurance to cover that. And that might be the only thing that you need to think about is um, if a tornado hits us, we have tornado insurance. And so we've got our buildings covered and these are some emergency plans. And it doesn't have to be there that. So these, all of these plans don't have to be elaborate plans. It might be that I'm just going to um, you know, get, a, get insurance to cover that. So that's low probability, right? That um, if you're gonna coast, be hit, you know, be hit by an earthquake. Right, so an earthquake in the middle in the Midwest, if you're in Indiana, it's a super low probability. But if you're a homeowner, you might decide, well, it's a very low probability. I can get reasonable insurance for that because if we do have an earthquake, which it, the probability is there, um, you know, rebuilding my foundation in my home is going to be more than I might be able to afford. And so if I have this insurance and my premium is $10,000, $10,000 is a lot less than 250,000, right? And so that, that might be the extent of the plan that has to go in there. This is something that's low probability, but high consequence. We are, you might decide to self-insure, but then you'd have to make sure you're actually self-insuring. But I'm going to, that's what an insurance company will do. I'm just going to insure that because that's, because that's a lot of times what we do, right? It's these, these low probabilities, but high consequence. And so you're going to say, well, I'm just going to, we're going to have insurance for this. Um, but, you know, so in, in, in farms have some of these contingency plans already. They might not be thinking about a contingency plan, but you might have it where you don't want people on your farm. So what would happen if, uh, if you know, somebody, you have a, some kind of biohazard or something on your farm? The probability may be relatively low unless there's like a human error. But you've like you've done you have a plan for that human error. So um, is just remembering that these don't have to be elaborate plans. But you've thought through. Well, we're we've planned for this. So this is what kicks in. We've planned for that. That's what kicks in for these low probability events. Unfortunately, though, with climate change, these low probability events that ten years ago we would have said maybe a hurricane's going to hit this much or a flood is a hundred year flood is no longer a 100 year flood. Um, a dry, right? And so there are, you know, there are uh, these, lo these low probability events are becoming higher probability that they're gonna be more intense at least. But yeah, it, th that would be what you would, would think about. Yeah, so the, the volatility of some of these events, as you said, are making them a lot higher probability. I mean. Just a couple of years ago, when we had most of the Midwest and Prevent Plant is an example that that comes to my mind. Where, but that that a governmental in type insurance kicked in there with Prevent Plant um, to help the, the those farmers get through that planting season. So again, that, there was a mechanism, but you needed to know what you what your options were in that particular scenario. It sounds like these contingency plans aren't just useful for. Uh, businesses thinking about transition. They're, they're useful for all businesses to help through these type of uh, high consequence and even low consequence uh, events that may be detrimental to a business. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, one thing that I, I do want to highlight for our listeners is you guys got a EMRA grant to do contingency planning. Uh, Renee, do you want to tell the listeners a little about little bit about what this grant will entail and what they can expect? Sure. Um, so some members of the succession planning team. Um, so we're made up of faculty, specialists, county educators. So we wrote a grant proposal um, to the NCERME and we received it and it's all about contingency planning. So it's looking at the six um, pillars that we decided are very important to contingency planning. So we're looking at um, we're looking at production, we're looking at legal risk, um, human resource risk, um, and we're adding in social media risk, which we think is really important to a lot of these farms and family businesses nowadays. Um, but this grant will um, make it to where we can develop an online course that farmers and family businesses can go through. It'll take them through all of the six pillars that we're outlining. It'll have content, it'll have videos, we'll have webinars. And at the end, they'll have a contingency plan for all the six different parts of their business. No, that sounds great. So if you are someone that's listening to this episode and you are more interested in contingency planning and developing a contingency plan for your business, uh, be on the lookout. That grant starts in January of 2022. So those materials will be developed and made available. So we thank the Purdue Institute for Family Business uh, and the Farm Succession Planning Team for, for providing those materials. I just want to remind everyone for more economic information, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu slash commercial ag or the Purdue Institute for Family Business website at purdue.edu slash agecon slash fambiz. Um, you can uh, visit the Purdue Institute for Family Business on Twitter. It's at Purdue fambiz. Um, and then the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture is at Purdue PU Commercial Ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture, the Purdue Institute for Family Business and the Farm Transition Team, we thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.